Hey, welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's your host, Brandon Laws. This episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. Well, I'm excited to share this episode with you today. I had a conversation with Kyle Chown. Kyle is the president and CEO of Chown Hardware. They're based out of Portland, Oregon, and they've been around about 150 years. So it's a family-run business. Kyle took over as president and CEO about five years ago. And I asked him what that transition looked like. Was there a succession plan, like strategy in place? Was it just kind of an overnight thing where he became president and he just had to learn the ropes on the fly? Asked him what kind of leader he wanted to be. You know, with a family-run business, you're following the leaders before you, especially being family members. And so I asked him how he found his identity and what kind of leader he wanted to be. Also, he was leading the organization through the pandemic. So I asked him about that and how he's showing up for his employees and what they're asking for. And I just feel like you're going to find this to be a heartfelt discussion about leading an organization. There, I think there are about 100 employees, maybe a little bit more than that. So you're going to find that this is a relatable discussion. If you're trying to find your footing as a leader, you'll get firsthand knowledge from Kyle and how he's shaped his identity as a leader and the things that he's providing his employees and what the, what their needs are because they are changing, especially in this new world that we're living in. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I'd love to hear how you like an episode like this where it's a discussion with a leader of an organization. Uh, I want to do more things like this. So let me know what you think. I, I'd love to hear if this is something that you want more of. Enjoy today's episode and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Kyle, it is a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So you're the president of Chown Hardware. You're located in Portland, Oregon, and it's a family-run business. What, what year was it founded? 1879, September 15th of 1879. So it's been around a long time. Who in your family founded the company? Uh, yeah, so that was my great, great, great grandfather. Oh, wow. Uh, F.R. Chown, and he had looked up and down the West Coast. He had looked at San Francisco and decided that Portland was the place for him. And there was about 13,000 people in Portland at the time. Wow. What kind of an organization is it? It's hardware, obviously, but I imagine it's a, an upper end, maybe niche a market. Yeah, yeah. We've got two sides to the business. We have a residential side and we have a commercial side on the residential end. We sell a hardware and home furnishings. So door hardware, lighting, plumbing, tile. We've got about 1,200 square feet of cabinet knobs and door pulls. And that's about half of our business, half our right. revenue. And on the commercial side, we have an architectural hardware department. We sell doors, frames, and hardware to schools, hospitals. Wow. Uh, the Port of Portland's a big contract for us. Yeah, a lot of government work. And then we have an access control division, cameras, card readers. So we're kind of yeah. all over the place, but that's a good a good home for us. Has the business evolved in, in terms of what like who you're serving or the things that you're selling within the time that you've been part of the organization? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think like any business that is looking to be sustainable long-term, you have to continue to change and evolve and not remain stagnant. And I actually was having this conversation with multiple people today about looking out into the horizon and having that micro macro view and not wanting to be complacent. And so without getting into the specifics, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've looked at different revenue streams and different specific products and different specific clients and also just looked internally at our organization and how do we best utilize the people that we have and, you know, bring out their talents without having to go out and recruit other people when we may have those people right here at our right. Yeah. So you're, you're the president. How long have you been part of the organization? I've been part of the organization since 2009. This is my 13th year. Wow. Uh, I, this is my fifth year as president CEO. I've had a couple of other stints before that. So but- in 2009, were you just getting acclimated to the business, knowing that you maybe want to be part of it long-term? Was this oh, always yeah, the no, plan? the total opposite. Yeah, no, total opposite. I worked in the food restaurant. Really? Industry. Yeah, like through college and out of college. Did you just want to do something that was not like, I don't want to be part of this family business, I'm going to do something else? Or is um, it just like, I'm just I'm, getting a college job and just I'll see where things go? Yeah, you know, I went to school for English. And when I was younger, I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. I actually had a radio show at uh, Portland State where I graduated from. And it was a job, you know, and it was paying the bills and I was having fun. And my dad called me and said, hey, there's a, you know, it was just a classic father-son conversation. Like, how are you? I'm fine. How's work? Fine. Hey, we have a job in the warehouse if you want to apply. Okay. Came in, applied. Um, got the job, worked both jobs for a while. And this is, you were in college at the time or you're at? No, 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 post-college. Yeah. Post-college. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I totally thought that it was just a job. I was just going to do it for a while. Uh, And I started to fall in love with the people. I really did. I started to really fall in love with my coworkers and I really started to fall in love with the warehouse. I loved working in the warehouse. Even today, I look back and that's my, my favorite job. So I quit that other job. And 13 years later, I'm here now. <laughs> That's so here. amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, at what point when you started falling in love with the people, the, probably just the town hardware culture in general, did you start thinking like, this is like a real home for me? And maybe I don't know if I ever had that specific thought. Really? I think it just organically happened over time. I think I That's just kept working and kept enjoying it. And I kept having opportunities presented to me like, hey, we're going to rekey this building. Do you want to learn how to be a locksmith? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, oh, we need somebody to sell our hardware at the commercial counter. Do you want to do that? Okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds fun. That's so fascinating. So you've had many different types of roles where you maybe were on the the shop floor, you're you're rekeying locks, you're selling. So you've really had a chance to see the entire business and in all the positions. Yeah. Other than working on the residential side, I've worked in many, many different jobs throughout this organization. And that's you know, that's how I was raised. I was raised to keep my head down, to work really yeah. hard, to let my work speak for itself and to prove yourself, right? And to earn people's trust and respect through your work ethic and through mm-hmm. your accountability. And so Amen. that's no, kind of how it happened. And and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's yeah. been a fantastic opportunity. When you joined uh, in a full-time position at Chown, who was leading the company at the time? Was it a family member or somebody else? 
Yeah, my father was the president up until I took over five years ago. He was the president CEO. My uncle is currently our CFO. I think part of the succession planning is that he has stepped down as vice president. But yes, my dad and my uncle ran this business together. Uh, and actually another uncle as well, who they bought out in the early 90s. But it's been family owned and operated this whole time. What is it like working inside of a culture or a family run organization where you see people that you love and you you're you see them outside you know family barbecues and, and family trips and things like that like is it what is yeah, it like you know, working with them it certainly has its set of challenges but any business does my grandfather always called it the golden handcuffs and i never really understood what he meant by that and i i do now and how i interpret that is it's this incredible opportunity that you have to work and own your family business, but it can consume you to the point where you feel handcuffed right? more than if it was just a regular job at, you know, company X. And that's where the work-life balance can be difficult. But what I love the most about it is the same reasons why I fell in love with it 13 years ago. It's the people. These people are my extended family. Yeah. And I truly care about them and their family. And I think about that constantly. And I try and put that into the minds of our leadership team that we're not here to just be responsible for the 90 some odd employees that work here. Certainly we want them to come to work and feel safe and yeah. feel like they can be themselves and that they want to come to work every day. But we have a responsibility to the people that they go home to. Yeah. And so that's really what it comes down to for me is focusing on the people. And if we do that correctly, then everything should fall into place. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. Uh, several weeks ago, there's uh, an author by the name of Adam Grant. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He wrote an article saying something like why we shouldn't talk about our work as like family. But in your case, you do have family working for you and with you. And so I imagine because you do have family there, you try to extend that to people who are not even really necessarily part of the family, but you're trying to create a really safe and open and authentic culture. Is that sort of what you have always intended? Or perhaps maybe that was already in place? I think it was in place already. I think that's what my grandmother and my grandfather did and my dad and my uncles did. And a lot of us, myself included, have, you know, even before we were working here, we would come to the store. And so there are people here that have literally seen us grow up. Right. So we've known these people, some of these people for the majority of our lives. And so I think intrinsically, there's this familial aspect that whether we want it or not, it's yeah. there. And for me, I, I want it. I want us to embrace the family business on a holistic scale. Yeah. Right? And, and bring people in and, and have them feel like they are a part of something greater than themselves. And that's not just Chown Hardware on the outside of the building, but it's, you yeah. know, everyone hardware. Yeah. Right. 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 Is there anybody else in terms of your generation? I think, are you an upper millennial? Yes. I was born in 1982. So. Okay. So you're, you're upper year. end. Is there anybody else in your generation that's part of the family that might be part of the business too? Yeah, I have. Um, my brother works here. My cousin works here. Uh, two of my cousins actually work here and my uncle and my dad claims that he roams the halls still. Yeah, I love um, it. 
So yeah, we, we still have quite a bit of family here. I love uh, that. When did you start having the conversations about the succession planning? Cause I know a lot of organizations, you know, family run, this is a true like conversation and a plan that probably needs to be put in place about like, okay, I'm going to step down at some point, you know, and next generation comes in, if we want to keep this thing, how do they even come up? You said things sort of organically were working themselves out. Maybe it was just that organic, but I'd love to hear what took place. Yeah. Well, we're not a perfect business by any means. And certainly the succession plan reflects that the conversations of succession planning, and this is my version of the story. So if you want to bring on other family members or get an off the record conversation, you can. I used to always take two weeks off right around the Christmas season. I just, I I love the Christmas holiday and I'd always take that time off and wrap presents and decompress. And my dad comes in my office and he says, and so this was, you know, five years ago, he says, I'm going to step down as president. I said, okay, great. He goes, and I'm going to promote you to president. And I said, what? <laughs> we haven't had this conversation. This is right? not a succession plan at all. Right. This is a succession plan at all. I'm like, I need to talk to my wife. He goes, well, what do you don't want to be president? I said, I didn't say that. I just, I mean, I, I was flabbergasted. So yeah. I came back from my two week vacation and I was the president of the company. So our succession planning actually happened post succession. I reached out to a woman named Sherry Knoxell, who used to run the Austin Family Business Program. And I would go to their breakfasts through Oregon State University, as you know, and she put me in contact with a gentleman um, that's a family business counselor, and he's still with us. And now he's actually a member of our board, but he, I sat down with him and he really helped guide me through at least my succession of taking over as CEO. We created a board um, we reviewed our bylaws. We we kind of went through all. Was of the it. board in place before that? Mm, yes and no. I mean, it okay. was, but it wasn't. It was really just a family council. It was family. Got members. it. Okay. Just but you wanted board. something formal, like an advisory board in place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we have done the succession planning. Now it just happens sort of all after. But you are absolutely correct that. It is imperative, I think, that businesses who are looking to go from one gen to the next, whether it's family or not, needs to have a proper plan in place. And so, yeah. I mean, things can we have that now. Success is messy, right? It's <laughs> right. like it's never, there's no linear straight line to success no. in business. And, no. and this is just a prime example of that. And it, look at it now, five years later, it all worked out perfectly. And we're lucky that we are a family that truly cares about one another. We may not see each other all the time. We may not, you know, get together every weekend. But at the end of the day, we care about each other. We care about the business. We know kind of what's at stake. And we know that we need to take care of the golden goose, as my grandfather would call it. So when you found out in a two week span that you're no longer just a contributor level role and now you're going to be president, did you? anticipate that you know your father would be working side by side with you like while you were becoming president i mean i know your your title was that in two weeks after you came back from christmas break but did he work alongside you to like show you the ropes so to speak yeah you know the support has always been tremendous from my dad my uncle really from all the employees again i think that's the familial piece to it we all care about each other we all want each other to succeed Again, we're not a perfect business. We have interpersonal conflicts. We have things that we need Everybody to have resolved. It. But it is a togetherness mentality. And everybody knew, myself included, that I was way not qualified for this job. 
I mean, let's You've be done honest. every position I, leading up to like, <laughs> You've done everything, so you know the business and yeah, you're a town. Yeah. I'm feeling better now than I yeah. was five years ago. So yeah, my dad was certainly there. My uncle's there. Lots of people were there. And I took the approach with this role as I did when I was in the business unit leader role for commercial, which was just listen, right? Just get a good sense of how the business is being run, what people are doing, what's going well, and just listen and observe and take notes. Mm -hmm. Again, there's a, a, a saying that my grandfather used, which was hire people smarter than you and get out of their way. Let them yeah, do that. Absolutely. Right? And, and I've tried to exercise that as, as often as I can. That's great. Did you ever grapple with the balance of, you know, my grandfather ran in a certain way, my dad ran things a certain way, or there's a certain type of leader, and then you step in, you kind of want to put your own, maybe your own flavor of leadership style. I mean, you are your own type of leader, but how much of, you know, you're trying to keep certain things, the culture intact, but it have some resemblance of the past while also moving forward as you're, you're now in charge of the organization? That is a really, really good question. And I think I would assume that that is something that a lot of family businesses that are going through a transitionary period experience. I absolutely grappled with interpersonal conflicts on who am I as a leader? Am I confident enough in myself to be that leader? Well, gosh, maybe my dad wants me to be this kind of leader or my uncle or outside family members who don't work here, but, you know, have ownership stake that want things done. Only until recently have I really gotten to a comfortable place where I can be my authentic self, lead as my authentic self, and try and get other people to feel the same way about themselves, right? Yeah. So 100%, it was a very real struggle of how do I lead and how do I lead my own way without upsetting. And I think part of that is that it took us so long to get through the transitionary period, get through the succession, that there was just confusion, not just I was having, but that other people were having in their own roles, right? Like yeah. my dad or my uncle or other people, like who's in charge, who's running it, how's it being right. run? And so I think actually completing that task has helped everybody sort of go, okay, yeah. Now I know who's doing what, whether I like it or not kind of thing. When you have like clear definitions and defined roles and you have an open line of communication, uh, things tend to work out pretty beautifully. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did you Absolutely. ever have like in this five-year span of you were not president yet, and then all of a sudden you are, and now fast forward five years later, you said you sort of found yourself in the way you want to lead. Did you find inspiration in certain things? Did you Were you part of groups that help you figure out your footing? Like I would love to know that transformation that you went through. Yeah, certainly the organization that I'm in, YPO, Young Presidents Organization, mm -hmm. has been incredibly beneficial and influential for me. Another group that my dad was involved in when he was president, just having like individuals that you can talk to that kind of understand the challenges and opportunities that you're going through. I would say that for anyone in any role with any job title, 
it can be very comforting, I guess, is the word that comes to mind when you find somebody who understands maybe what you're saying, right? Yeah. So that's been very good for me. They hold me on a straight line. They hold me very accountable. I'm on the board of Better Business Bureau. That has been a great opportunity for me to... Probably um, see how good businesses are run and how the bad yeah. ones are run too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, for me, it's just trying to take care of myself outside of work so I can show up and be present and be the best version of myself every day. A lot easier said than done, but um, not drinking alcohol. I don't drink alcohol anymore, which man, it's amazing what I can remember. And it's not like I was drinking a lot. I think it's just, right. how can I be the best version of myself and what's serving me and not serving me? I try and meditate. I try and have, be, have do mindfulness every day. Awesome. I try and get sleep when I can, right? As much as I can, I try and eat well. You got kids and right? I'm sure they cut into your sleep. Right. So I think that's really part of it too, is just having those external resources, yeah, for business networks, but also just trying to say, okay, what is best for me and my body and my health? And I would just say that it wasn't one thing. It was this culmination of things where I just kind of went, oh, all right, now I see it. Yeah. Did you have just honing in on the, the meditation and, and just the well-being aspect, did you have like an aha moment? At some point where you're like, okay, my stress level's at a certain level and I'm like, I can't do it like this anymore. I've yeah, got to do something I, I totally different. did. Yeah? Yeah. The aha moment was actually at the end. It was like I just, I felt different and I can't yeah. maybe pinpoint it. It wasn't like the aha moment in the beginning, like you need to change. Mm -hmm. That kind of just was an ongoing thing. It was the bookend that I went, this is working for me. I can see it. I can yeah. feel it at work, in myself. All People probably that. start noticing too. So if you're yeah. implementing yeah. certain things and you just, you're transforming, you, you, your memory is better. You're getting, you know, some sleep. You're calm. You're collected. People yeah, can rely can, on you. And then people probably recognize it. And you're I, like, I, oh, maybe the things I was doing the last few years actually worked. Yeah. I think where it clicked for me was I was having difficulty having hard conversations with some people yeah. when I realized that I wasn't nervous or stressed or having anxiety about having those hard conversations and actually realized that they weren't hard conversations, right? The subject matter may be difficult, but mm -hmm. the conversation itself doesn't have to be difficult. It's in the mind where you think, oh, it's going to be so bad. That's where I went, okay, I feel different now. I can do this. And it actually, the sun still comes up. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. From a development perspective, I think people would love to know, you know, what kind of things that you work on with yourself. I mean, you got YPO, so you got a group of people that you can probably rely on and share some business ideas and struggles and challenges and all that stuff and work through process issues and stuff like that. But I'm curious from like a, you know, subject matter, like if you want to go learn a new skill or, you know, how to be the best president possible, what kind of things are you developing? And do you read? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you do meetups? Like what do you, I'm, I want to know what you do. Yeah. Uh, that's another really, really good question. And I think one that is probably one of the more challenging questions to answer right now we live in such a hyper cultured digital world now all the information whether it's true or not or we want it or not it's all 
right in front of us at the click of a button. And so you can read books and you can listen to podcasts and you can find anything and everything you want. But what does it all mean? How do you actually apply it and do it? And I went through the cycle of I have to read all these books and I have to get better by learning how to do a TED talk or whatever. You just think <laughs> that if you read all this stuff. It's just over consuming. At some point you're going to think like, uh, I'm inadequate because you're right. like consuming all this, but you don't know how to process it nor apply it because you don't have the opportunity to. Right. Yes. And that's not to say that there aren't great books out there, that there aren't great podcasts or, you know, business meetups, whether it's through the Portland Business Alliance or Vistage or YPO yeah. or something, right? All that's good. For me, I really think it stems from the question you asked earlier, which is about your self-confidence and your own ability to be your authentic self, to believe in yourself, to know that you are in this position because you are qualified. And I, again, I went through a lot of, I can't remember what the term is, but it was hard for me to see in myself, maybe what others saw in me. Mm-hmm. I would say also It's just learning from others around you. There's so many smart, talented people here at this organization. I'm very lucky to be able to watch them and watch their craft. It could be a salesperson. It could be the warehouse manager. It could be uh, our CFO. It could be anyone, technician. It's just, it doesn't have to be a a one for one. I don't have to learn from a president to be a good president. It's true. Learn from anyone how to be a good person, how to lead. There are so many people here in other businesses that may be an excellent leader, but they're not a manager. They may be a whatever, right? I think it's just opening your eyes to everybody and trying to take bits and pieces from the world around you that has allowed me to try and put it all together. Mm -hmm. What sort of long-term or short-term business goals do you have either personally or with with Chown? You you must be listening in, Brandon, because these questions are so timely. We are actually doing something this year. It's the first year we've done it. You don't have to unveil any secrets. If, if no, 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 no. It's, it's great. So I thought, man, continuity, communication, they can make you or break you, right? Great communication, great consistency, great accountability, all of this stuff. It can be the best of times. It can be the worst of times. Right. right. And I thought, okay, well, let's really get everybody rowing together. Yes. So we have 20, 30 goals that I came up That's with. That's amazing. Yeah. With my brother and my cousins, the three of us, we own the company. So what are our 20, 30 vision goals? And I said, okay, well, how do we get there incrementally? So I was like, I'm going to grease the wheels. So I'm going to come up with my own goals. So we have three to five goals that each manager, senior manager is going to say, these are going to be my team, my personal goal, at least one personal goal, and at least two business goals, up to five total. And I'm going to present that at our next board meeting. And I'm going to show the Nothing whole like board. putting yourself out there. Right. My goals, each department's goals. But then from there, I want every single individual in the organization to at least have one goal that aligns with their manager's goals that aligns with the company goals that will help get us to 2030. So everybody feels like they are invested. That it, yeah, that part of the not, process. Yes, right. 
that they're bigger than something greater than themselves. Everything that we want as human beings. That's why we look up into the stars at night and we are so fascinated by our space and all this stuff because just as human beings, we want to be part of something greater than ourselves. Yeah. And we can do that on a business level. And I, I mean, if you can't tell, I am so excited and thrilled to unveil this and have yeah. the organization say, awesome. I want to help us get there. I love that. Are you going to do regular check-ins and our milestones with the goals? Because one thing I can't stand with goals, I do it personally all the time where you, you might set some in the beginning of the year or at a certain cadence or whatever, and then you sort of put it to the side and you, I don't know, forget about it. You don't communicate it enough. So like, what are you going to do to yeah. make sure that you don't forget those goals? Yeah. Well, here we go, right? It's like reading books, podcasts, right? You were just talking about how do you find all of these different things yeah. to be better? Well, in a book that I read, it was called What the Heck is EOS was the name of oh, it. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, at Zenny, we're actually doing the EOS model. Oh, nice. Our executive team, we're doing the, doing our rocks. We've got That's our it. dashboard. So you're yep. describing the rocks, which makes, exactly. I was almost going to mention that, but I'm like, eh, maybe it's not the same model. Yeah. I recommend so like parts of that, right? I'm taking yeah. parts of what the heck is EOS yep. and implementing into this sort of homegrown in my crazy mind system. But the check-ins will be based around, okay, well, as human beings, after 90 days, we kind of get lost in translation and then we right. forget what we're doing. We're not as much. So every, you know, 60 to 90 days, we're going to be checking in. Are we on? Are we off? Right. And let's, mm -hmm. if we're off, then how do we get back on kind of thing? Yep. I love it. No, that's good work. Well, I can't let you go without asking about the pandemic and what the last two years have been for you personally and also for the business. You've got, you know, a retail you got a storefront pandemic and you're in Portland too. Like there's just been a lot of challenges. Any perspective that you can give from a business model perspective, like what the challenges maybe uh, came into place. And then also personnel wise, like you probably had to scramble to make sure it was a safe environment for all your people and dealing with anxiety and challenges and things like that. I, I would love to just hear your perspective on this. Uh, I'll try and give you the cliff note version. Well, it really, the pandemic was so difficult and everybody dealt with it on an individual basis. I mean, yeah. if, if the pandemic didn't open your eyes to the fact that everybody is a sensitive human being. And we're all going through something too. That's the thing right. is you can never minimize what somebody's experience is because that's their reality. Right. Absolutely. There's so much more that goes on outside of work that affects people. And it really exposed how important it is to be mindful of every single person on an individual level, right? Work is just a part of who they are. It is, does not define them as a human being. And that's really what it all boiled down to was, hey, these are the values of our company, right? Well, pandemic is going to stress how serious are you at Chown Hardware as an organization that you care about people, that you, right. you know, have integrity, all X, Y, Z, right? All of these things. Well, that's what really it came down to. And we lost a lot of money. We struggled. We had to furlough a lot of employees. We really, we had to deal with the social unrest and right. are we going to have our windows smashed? And then there was smoke and fires. And I mean, it was like 12 round of Vander Holyfield fight. You just get, kept getting punched in the face and you thought you were making progress and, it, and then you weren't. And builds resilience. It, it 
It did. I think we've seen it in a lot of different ways around the world over the course of human history, right? There sometimes are tragic events that can actually bring cities, nations, right, people closer together. Yeah. And and it did. You know, it tested us, um, but we came through it and it just, it, it had to be about each other on a human level and not the balance sheet. Right. That's the thing. What I love of what you just said a little bit ago is, you know, we're all wanting to contribute to something bigger than ourselves. And so mm-hmm. when you have all these, like, I mean, it's a pandemic and then you had social uh, unrest, like you said, and there's all these things that are just so much bigger than us. It's like, look, <laughs> we're just doing our best. Yeah. We are trying to row in the same direction. We know what our goals are with the vision, but we need to pick each other up along the way. It really is what it sounds like you guys did. Yeah. Well, we tried to. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did our best. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. And you guys are back pretty much as normal. Yeah. You know, as yeah, retail, right. it was hard for us to stay remote, old business, old ways of doing things. Here we are. We got to pivot about, you know, 40 to 50 employees to work remote in a, you know, 72 hour period. It was like the shot right. went off and everybody had to go home. And credit to our IT department and all these people that, I mean, we had a guy that went and visited every single person's house. Wow. They had to go remote to make sure that they had everything they needed. Yeah. Um, IT people are heroes. I mean, I know they were for our company as well. Yes. Like, you, like you said, yes. we're a professional services company. And so we basically flipped the switch and IT was there to yeah. like, okay, hey, Microsoft Teams and yep. here's all the equipment you need. And it was, it's amazing. Yeah, it was. And it took a lot of heavy lifting from a very few individuals to get it done. But, you know, then we had to come back to work because we're a retail space and we have a brick and mortar. And so then you had to deal with just, again, every individual. What are your needs? How are you comfortable? How are you not comfortable? What can we do that's best for you, but it's also best for our organization, our clients? And there was a lot of compromise and pivoting and restructuring. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, we just had to take deep breaths and remind ourselves that going to get through this and and it may be unpleasant and some people may not be happy about certain things but we're all going to get through it together yeah now out of the chaos usually there can be opportunities there could be learning moments was there something that came out of the pandemic like we learned something new about our business or you know pivoting or whatever may that will probably stick with your organization long term did you have any of those Yes, absolutely. You're asking the greatest questions. The best thing that came out of that was we revisited our employee handbook. Hmm. We started an employee assistance program that the company pays for. Excellent. So all of our employees have resources that they can reach out to for a whole gamut of stuff. It Mm -hmm. could be about financial planning. It could be about stress and anxiety. We wanted to provide our employees with more resources. We started a volunteer program where we pay our employees X amount of hours per year to go out into the community and volunteer. We have our team's pages. That's a great way to communicate. Um, We started a sabbatical program, which was huge for us. So we really tried to take what we learned and apply it in meaningful ways. And I think we're on the right track. We have more work to do. We don't have to do all of it in one go, but I think we're on the right track to continue to be a better organization, to be better for employees. And then, you know, at the end of the day, better for our customers and our community. Right. 
Well, certainly sounds like you're on the right path. And Kyle, I, I appreciate you telling the story and and answering all, all the questions I have. But it's been a pleasure having you on on this podcast. If people wanted to connect with you or learn more about Chown, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, Kyle C at Chown.com. That's my email address. They can reach me there. Chown.com is our website and it's got a lot of pretty pictures on there. Nothing I have in my house, but feel free to browse the internet and reach out to me directly. I'm, I'm happy to help with that. And Brandon, it's been awesome to be on your show. You've got a great thing going here. So congratulations. You know. My guest today has been Kyle Chown. He's the president of Chown Hardware. Kyle, thanks for being a part of the podcast. My pleasure.